All right, Adam. Thank you for joining me. No problem, T. <laughs> Thank you for having me. It's great to finally meet you. Um, it, it, do I say T, Tia? T, people call me T. It's great if you T? call me T. Because right. my name is Tierra. People have been calling me Tia for years, but T is like, we're good. Right. We might as well be friends. Tierra, T. Oh, I, like, I like it. <laughs> I like your hat because I'm a big fan of Billionaire Boys Club. Yeah, so. that's what I'm trying to uh, strive to be. So, you know, Hello. I feel like, you know, Pharrell is the, is the perfect example of... Uh, you know what to attain so exactly uh, and you know blackstone be you know and just goes with the is black base yeah all that <laughs> lots of bees right it's crazy that you bring him up because that was my 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 first thing that I, I when i met you or i'm sorry before i met you when i discovered who you were mm -hmm. i'm a huge neptunes n-e-r-d for real fan i got the brain tattooed on my ankle type nice, like, crazy nice. crazy fan right and when i discovered who they were it was because of um Pharrell's presence and everybody's music that I actually enjoy. Yeah. So it was me looking at like Babyface, there she goes. Like so, I'm 32. Okay. Back when I discovered Pharrell, I was 11. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> so I was a big fan of the Backstreet Boys and Sync at the yeah. same time. So I just kept seeing him pop up in areas and Jay Z. Like, Would you be my girlfriend? Yeah, exactly. The <laughs> remix. I was like, whoa. Yeah. He put some. Somebody put something different, but I didn't even know what a producer was at the time. Okay. So when I would see him pop up on all these videos, I'm like, let me look up, you know, see who he is. And I realized he was a producer. So mm -hmm. he made me want to be a producer at the time. That's dope. Yeah. Very yeah. inspiring. So I, same thing with you, though. Oh, wow. I started seeing shows and I'm like, yo, my, my, my biggest thing is just good sound. Mm -hmm. Amazing transitions, amazing changes, all of that. So when a live show sounds better than a record, I'm like, who is that? So I'm like, well, I'm a, I'm a huge, fan, huge fan of the bass as well. So that's my favorite instrument. Awesome. I haven't learned yet, but that's my goal. I have a bass amp and no bass yet. So All right, I'm so working you got, on. We got to figure that out. We <laughs> got to get you right. We got to get you right. I've got to. So I just noticed, I'm like, man, this band is killing. This band is killing. The bass player is going in. Who is mm -hmm. the bass player? And so I looked you up, and I was like, oh, it's Adam. And then I realized you were MDing the entire show. Yeah. So not only are you playing the bass, but you just put together this whole show that's going crazy, and I just started to see a pattern. Um, and the 2020 experience, it was on Netflix. So I was like, that that's it. I got to meet this guy. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a while ago, but I'm yeah. like, every time you, your, your name pops up, I'm telling people, like, yo, if you don't know who Adam Blackstone is, like, you're tripping. So um, for you, just in case people don't know, mm -hmm. um, if you don't want, if you don't mind, okay. just letting people know who you are, exactly what you do. Yeah, well, my name is Adam Blackstone, and uh, most people know me as a musical director, bass player, live music producer. Uh, worked with everybody from The Roots to Jill Scott to Kanye West to Janet Jackson, Rihanna, Drake, uh, Justin Timberlake, Alicia Keys. Uh, amongst a host of others so I'm very very blessed to do what I do uh, a lot of people ask me you know what a musical director is or what right. they do and basically I would you know the short form answer is I am in charge of everything that has to do with the artist stage and live performance anything music oriented mm -hmm. and um, for me that's transitioned into film and television as well which you know we talk about the shows right. and stuff and um it's 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 made me um 
super duper accessible to a lot of different artists maybe some artists that may not know who i am you know Absolutely. i just worked with little baby and the baby and stuff like that and you know they haven't had the opportunity to tour even for like this mm. pandemic but i'm able to do shows like grammys and bet awards and stuff like that and link up and show them a different level of live music production um so I, i'm very blessed man i, I love what i do it, it's tedious at times <laughs> We're in Atlanta right now. I'm here for All-Star and, you know, doing the All-Star game as musical director. So a lot of those even um, tasks have less to do with actual playing and music <laughs> and more to do with right. the logistics and all of that. So being an MD for me has transitioned into production and producer. So, you know, I'm, 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 take, I'm trying to take, the, take the, the realms of everything. So Yeah. And that's, that's another thing I was going to ask you. When it comes to being a musical director, I've heard you say that you still deal with, like you said, you deal with people that are doing lighting, yeah. the, the dancers. You're, For sure. So what separates you from the production manager of the show? Or uh, production? That's a good question. But I mean, the production manager books the studio <laughs> and they, they, they make sure our gear is there and yeah. they make sure um, time and aesthetics are there. Uh, I don't do that. The right. production manager shows me tells me sometimes that we collab on when to show up and i let them know hey we need this much time for the dance rehearsal or we need this much time for choreography mm -hmm. or music or band and we collaborate i would say the production manager is super duper um pre-game pre-stage logistics mm -hmm. and i'm more like once we're in the game and on stage i handle everything after that right so, so how do you deal with so when you're a musical director you said you have to create charts right a lot of times I, do, I have been creating charts specifically for television as well because mm -hmm. it's moving so fast. Right. Um, a lot of young musicians are, are I don't want to say afraid, but haven't learned to read music. And mm -hmm. what I try to super duper drill home is that reading music has helped me because it's a roadmap. It right. basically tells me what I'm about to do and what I'm about to play. So if I have you know 17 songs to learn in a couple of days the chart is the roadmap the chart right. is essentially the musical cheat sheet but it's not a cheat it's like you know it's the official way to you know pretty much ink off yourself and what you learned and what you did and then write down specifically what it is so exactly. i do write a lot of charts for television specifically because the yeah. segments are moving so fast there could be a commercial there may not be a commercial right. we're playing of uh, 10 song medley for brandy <laughs> or 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 justin timberlake yeah. or whoever that may be and it's like you know i have to make sure that 10 song medley is cool and i also have to make sure the gospel segment is cool exactly. and i also have to make sure the country segment is cool you know what i mean yeah. so it's like the charts for sure help me so how do you mentally deal with making sure that everybody else is doing their job but then also remembering your bass lines and your keys and I don't know yeah. what else what else do you play other than the keys and I bass? started off playing drums at church really yeah I really did <laughs> I was my, gonna ask that too. my like, father uh is a church organist and church keyboard player pianist mm -hmm. I was playing drums with him we didn't really even grow up with a bass player at my church really because uh, we had a little you know down home church or whatever yeah. in Jersey um but um I would have to say, man, one of the biggest parts about me and why I do things so well is my team. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I have designated people to do a lot of different things. I have a couple people who write the charts for me once I organ once I arrange it. Yeah. So I send them the sketch and they'll chart it out and 
they'll basically what we call do a takedown of everything that I've done in the mm -hmm. computer or programmed or whatever. And so now I kind of don't have to remember it because they wrote it out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Based off of what I did. Well, that's good that you can disperse your brain. Yeah, yeah. The and then, you know, my I, I've, I've learned in my older age, you say you're 32, I'm 39. So, you know, okay. I'm getting up there. But in my older age, you know, specifically the last five to six years, I've been able to designate things. And because I'm dealing with so much other um, information than music, right. I have been able to designate um, a lot of the music tasks and oversee them while mm -hmm. I go to the dance rehearsal. Right. Or while <laughs> I go to the lighting designer mm -hmm. or while I go to the creative meeting with the artist. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Um so it, it's definitely about team for me I, i'm only as good as my team i feel like i'm great and i feel like my team is great i feel like they the best Absolutely. um you know been working with a lot of different programmers and musicians um but we have a synergy yeah. you know we have a sound i have a, a a sound that i feel is um kind of permeated you know you it. music you have, a little you bit definitely have you a know? sound um <laughs> You do I, have that. I, I feel like I demand a lot from my team because I want to be great always, and I Absolutely. and they hold me accountable as well. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I think that's the good thing about a great team is that right. we hold each other up. You know, um, it's plenty of times you know my partner, you know Omar Edwards or Justin Gilbert, they'll correct me when I'm playing something wrong because you know they mm -hmm. may know the song better you know than me yeah, or whatever, wow. and it's like. It feels good to have that accountability from someone that you, you know, you admire and you trust, you trust on your yeah. team because we all want to win. You know what I mean? I get the credit a lot, um, but I don't mind giving the credit out either because when something's wrong, I get blamed too. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> Just make sure you know, know, everybody's playing yeah, a part. <laughs> everybody is definitely playing a part and, and my team is and my team is great. There's so many people that I, you know, can thank for that. Yeah. Have you ever started or thought about starting a band yourself to actually perform? So I have a group, my band, the Origin Band. Okay. Um, we are a group of brothers from Philadelphia area um, who, you know, we love God. We grew up in church. We've been out playing with everybody from Pharrell to Neo to Eminem to whoever. My, my bass player is out with Beck right now. Oh, uh, the keyboard player is out with J. Cole. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I just got done working with a bunch of different shows. And so we come together, man. We make great, great music. The Origin mm -hmm. Band. We have a we have a single coming out real, real soon. Um, and it's just inspirational, feel-good music. You know, we, yeah. we never forget the origin of where we came from, which is rooted in God and rooted in Christ and rooted in the church. But we were able to, like, just kind of infiltrate the music business with our feel-good spirit and Absolutely. just being, you know, being humble and being men of integrity and uh it feels good to come together because we've made everybody else hot <laughs> right and, so uh, I'm like, you know you i definitely right? you know we're praying that we get to make ourselves hot as the artist and it's a whole different ball game it as is. the artist you know it is. but that's my squad that's my band you know uh album out this year for sure awesome. and um it feels good everybody go check that out the origin band <laughs> the origin band. i'm looking out for that yeah um so I noticed a lot of the, my favorite musicians started in the church. Yeah. So, like you said, you didn't necessarily pick up the bass at first. Mm -hmm. Where did you learn how to play bass? It's a couple different. Because you don't just know. It's how a to couple play. different stories that I remember <laughs> that I can fake remember. Yeah. 
Uh, one story that I tell often is second grade. I was playing drums at school in the mm-hmm. school band, and my white band teacher was knew my family and they, he knew my musical family upbringing or whatever. Right. Um, he said, "Listen, we got a vacancy on bass guitar. I want you to try to move to bass because, you know." There's too many drummers, and basically what he was trying mm. to say is all the black boys want to play drums. Because <laughs> I was want, I I want to play drums too. You but know the bass is still kind of the rhythm, like you still you get. But I didn't know that then, and I was like, I don't want to play the bass. The bass is corny <laughs> and it's too big. At that time, you don't know about this. See, we used to walk to school. Uh, so, the, so you know when I walked to high school, my school it was at the end of the street. But oh no, we used to walk you know one point two miles to school no, back okay. in the day. So it was like I carry my instrument, which yeah. at that time was my drumsticks. Mm-hmm. And so when they moved the bass, that's the first thing I thought about. I want to carry this thing home. Then my godfather, um, Kenneth Cradle, um, he was a bass player and played with my dad a lot. Okay, uh, I never really realize how rhythmic the bass was like you said so i was more like a rhythmic guy and wanted to play drums and stuff but you know when i got into it when i finally got into it it was like okay i can do this and then one of the other things that sold me was i felt like i could play songs that i heard on the radio um or that i heard my dad play or that i heard in top 40 or that i heard in church or whatever and people couldn't know what it was because i had melody as mm-hmm. well and playing the drums you couldn't always do that so yeah. i remember one of my first songs was like my girl you know okay and and it's like everybody knows what that song right. is and i remember playing like um to the hip hop the uh-huh. hip you know so sure, it felt yeah. good to be like yo i'm playing then i'm jamming <laughs> i'm jamming you know get the high school play a little you know destiny's child or play mm-hmm. a little tlc waterfalls i remember playing that and you know that kind of like all right i was like okay this this okay, this can this. i'm cool with this mm-hmm. you know and um moving into high school i went to willingboro high school phenomenal um band program and affluent black community as well that's in philly it's in new jersey, jersey south jersey and um the senior bass player there when i was a freshman is there was Derek hodge okay and the junior bass player there was thaddeus tribbett and then the sophomore bass player there was my my boy Dwayne Moore. So it was like I still couldn't even really get in because these guys who are still my very very great friends today, uh, they had it sewn up and mm-hmm. on lock. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And and rightfully so because mm-hmm. I still look up to Derek and I still look up to that and Wayne as well. Um, they killing it on the base and they have been killing it for a long time but we yeah. all went to the same high school so they that I remember going to see Derek Hodge when I was in 8th grade he was in 11th grade and I was like I never heard nobody play like that before you know and it was very inspiring it, it, it showed me um, it showed me honestly if I can be transparent it showed me that a bass player could be a leader Absolutely. You know what I mean? And be in front of a band. He was in front of the high school jazz band, like being the featured person. Right. I was like, wow, like this is cool. And then I got into like Victor Wooten and John Petitucci and Jaco Pastorius on the jazz scene, mm-hmm. you know, and those albums. I love Ron Carter playing Upright and Mingus. Um, and a lot of that came from me watching Derek. You yeah. know what I mean? Just that one time. I'll never forget. <laughs> he played... Um, um, uh, uh, it was like Cherokee 
a jazz song called Cherokee and mm-hmm. Caravan. Okay. And I, I, I will never forget that I was in the eighth grade. And so, um, yeah. And I think that I always knew I would do something in music. I didn't know if I would teach music or right. I was in the video games. So I was like, maybe music for video games. Right. Stuff like that. But like, yeah, but like kind of transitioning to like high school base and college base. I was like, all right, I can do this for mm-hmm. a living. My parents were very encouraging. Um, because my dad was a full-time musician yeah, and so kind of hustling. So, mm-hmm. you know, they always, I always had their support. So it was cool. Well, that's good that you had the encouragement because a lot of people, you know, it's, it's just having to drill into your parents. Because my yeah. parents are a little bit older, so they appreciate it. My mom is really into music. My dad, you couldn't even ask him what his favorite song is. I got but you. He's a sweet person. But I played violin. So I also... You were in band, right? Oh, absolutely. Band played a huge role in my yeah. life and still does. That's how I'm able to write the charts. Right. You know so I mean? even so I was in orchestra, so mm-hmm. people were playing upright. Yeah. So I was in orchestra did you too. Ever, oh, you did both? Oh my gosh, yeah. You could do both? Yeah. Upright was I like I mean I could my, see you doing both, but I didn't know yeah, I didn't know I had the option. So my to do both. first gig Oh, you mean you could do both band and orchestra? Yeah, at the same time. Yeah, I don't know how to, I didn't I didn't think about it. I don't know how that happened, but the my days like yo, he's kind of dope. My right? days was long. That's all I remember. Yeah. I, I would have band at three, uh, third period, and like orchestra like ninth period or something. <laughs> so it was like crazy. They probably linked up and said like he's. Let's <laughs> just let him rock. So can you play upright? Yeah. So you know, my first gig with Pharrell was on upright. We played Can I Have It Like That. That was my mm. first ever. Pharrell gig, um, David Letterman. Can I have it like that? I'm like, boom, 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 He's from where I'm from. Well, David is because I'm from Indianapolis. Oh, okay. So, um, he and I went to Ball State in Indiana, so he had like the whole Letterman building and everything. So, wow. David Letterman is big. I'm from yeah, that's dope. Um, but I was actually, <laughs> I looked up something the other day and I looked up your name, and the first thing that came up was uh, Pharrell and the Yes Sirs. Yes, uh, for Take It Off. Taking off my favorite like song off that whole album, right? And I, the first person I see is you playing bass, and I'm like, yo, when did Adam play <laughs> the bass line to take it off? So then I found the record, and I'm like, how did I miss this? Yeah, that's I totally that's, missed it. That was a big moment for me, um, and working with my mentors, Quest Love and James Poiser, mm-hmm. and Pharrell, of course. And I remember Amir was like, yo, I'm gonna do a live version to In My Mind, and I was like, sure you are right because <laughs> quest just has these you know amazing ideas that just you know he either does and sometimes they don't come out you know what i mean yeah. and he's doing it just because of his passion, passion. and love <laughs> um but it happened and i remember you know we did that record and like al green at like around the same time oh, wow. uh, lay it down and um it was just good vibes man it was yeah. really good vibes yeah i love quest love i, I listened to his podcast too um, and similar to what you were saying, he was talking about one time, well, basically when he was in school, Boyz II Men went to, or Sean, mm-hmm. uh, went to the same school and so did Wanye. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's like, it has to be, and I went to Pharrell's something in the water festival. Do you feel like it just at that time, <laughs> you guys were just <laughs> blessed to be in there? Yeah, it had to be. I know more? for me in Willingboro, New Jersey, when I was in high school, you know, 96 through 2000. I, that's all I knew. I just knew we was black and we was great. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I didn't really realize this is a little bit embarrassing. Um, And my wife laughs at me. It's like, I didn't know that I was the minority in the world until I went to college. Same here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was like in my own little bubble. 
of greatness. It wasn't mm-hmm. a bubble of ignorance. It wasn't a bubble of racism. It wasn't a bubble of of um, mediocrity. It mm-hmm. was like these black people around me are all the best right. doctors, lawyers, you know, politicians, mm-hmm. musicians, you know, teachers, whatever. And so when I went to college, um, and you know, to be honest, you know, music is like a sport in college yeah you know what i'm saying whether it, like band specifically absolutely and so as as you may or may not know when you get to college the freshman is like looked down upon if you playing ball or mm-hmm. Anything. whatever <laughs> and i was like y'all not gonna look down on me because i just left willingboro high school with Derek Hodge. Right. like <laughs> i'm way better than y'all i just left them right. yeah you know what i'm saying they they 10 times better than y'all so i know yeah you I know mean, my 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 squad is not doing so i i don't know being being when you say was it something in the water i do think your surroundings have a lot to do with mm-hmm. your your positive outlook on thing and how you how you work and Definitely. strive for success Absolutely. Um, I was always made to believe that I could do anything I wanted. I was always made to believe that there are no limits and no boundaries. And so, I don't know, you know, the inspiration took on a different form when I saw people do it, especially mm-hmm. people that look like me and right. of color. Um, and I was like, yo, I can, I can do this, you know. Absolutely. So, so um, That confidence helps. The talent is great, but that confidence kind of pushes you a little it bit. It does, further. and I, I, I had it early, you know what I'm saying? And, and I think it came from, you know, my upbringing and it came from being surrounded by people who uplift you absolutely yeah so you mentioned your wife right i know yeah. she runs she helps you run your business or runs your business <laughs> yes that's my that's, that's my partner in all areas of the world so absolutely. she she started the company uh we started it together um you know she designed the logo everything that's like she 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 pays us all <laughs> She's the C, cause she's the CFO. Yeah, yeah, and um, so yeah, it's 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 been a great partnership. So when you guys met, did you guys meet off of your love of music? Yes. Okay. I was touring with Vivian Green. Nice. And subbing for the bass player that was normally there, another great friend of mine, Adam Johnson. Okay. And uh, she was singing backgrounds with a young lady um, that I went to college with. So it was like we had this mutual friend. Okay. And I was like, yo, who your friend? You know? <laughs> She's kind of cute. Right. And, um, yeah, I think our love for music and, you know, she was she was and still is an amazing. My wife is still a songwriter. Mm-hmm. So I, I built a little makeshift studio at my parents' yeah, house and was looking for writers and just collaborating. Similar to what you were saying, learning what the word producer meant. Right. You know what I mean? And knowing that, yo, I got these beats. I make beats. But now, mm-hmm. like, how do you turn it into a song? Right. You exactly. know what I mean? Um, so we kind of like our love for music definitely, you know, pushed us together and um, her foundation and her upbringing, you know, is mm-hmm. unmatched. And, you know, she's just an amazing woman of God. And uh, she's the glue that holds our family together, you know, awesome mother now, mm-hmm. and, you know, still the boss, still I pays say, me. I saw your son playing bass. So I'm like, how can he even hold his bass? First of all, I want to sit next to him. My son's and cold. Learn. Yeah, he, we need to take lessons together. I need to sit by him and be like, "Hey, son, we're learning together." My son Adam Junior. He got it early. He yeah, got, he has it for real. And, and you know, I have to nurture it because a lot of things come easy to me now. Mm-hmm. I don't remember how hard they were then. Right. But it comes easy to him. It comes mm-hmm. easy to him. So I'm like, and he seems like he enjoys it. How old he, is he? He does. He's, he's like five. Four, five. Okay. Yeah, he's five years old. Yeah. 
That's wild because he's a superstar. I love him. Some kids, some people say, you know, the parent can't force your, you can't force your kid to do something or yeah, else turn I, away from it. I, but I think if you can enjoy encourage it, and steer them. Right. I do. I don't want to <laughs> say force, but you know, I think there is a way to definitely uh, guide strongly. Absolutely. <laughs> I try to do that with my daughter. She loves music. How old is she? She's eight. Okay. And so I got her keyboard. Keyboard's in her room. But if I say, "Hey, go practice," she's like. Yeah, no, my but then I'll hear her in there. Right. She's like, I learned how to play an Anderson Pack song. I'm oh, like, wow. Nice. So I'm like, well, let me And hear. I remember crying when my dad made me go practice. So it's like, <laughs> right. you know, I don't want to hear it now because I'm like, mm-hmm. the turnout is great. Absolutely. No matter what you go through in that struggle, yeah. you know, the, I, I feel like the outcome is, is, is and I'm, 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 an, I'm a testament to that outcome. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So. Um, That's a good tip because yeah. I'm like. I don't want to be hard on her. I see her. I recognize her love for music, but she's also kind of like a rebel. So yeah. it's kind of like I think what my mom guide strongly. <laughs> yeah, even vocally, she's. I mean, she's just very knowledgeable. I think just being around me, and I have a lot of friends that are musicians. Mm-hmm. Um, she picks up. She's since she was born. She's just been around. She's been at rehearsals. She's been at concerts right, right, right. <laughs> right beside me. So it's good that that you're influencing him in that way. For sure. Um, so with your wife, this might be a personal question, but what is y'all's favorite song together? Together? What song can y'all rock out to when this is like, this our song, we're going to throw this on? Man, I would <laughs> say Brandy Full Moon album. Anything <laughs> off of there is is, is a smacker. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife is, her ears are so eclectic, so she's put me on like John Mayer yes. back in the day. She's put me on, you know, early like Kimberrell mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So you know, I I would definitely say she has um, the ears to like literally teach me things. Mm-hmm. So I would say, but I would say anything Brandy, her music we listen to yeah. together a lot. You know, Focus was our joint for a minute. Okay. <laughs> uh, Love best part. Yeah. You know, so those those three I would those say are, those are good go tos. Yeah. Um, I heard you talking about Ricky Minor yeah. as an MD. So his accolades are, I mean, crazy. His resume is crazy. What about him? What from him do you pull from or are you inspired by specifically? Because to me, I love your sound. And it doesn't mean just because you're a musical director doesn't mean you have a good sound when it comes to kind of putting together the orchestration. But um, what from him are you inspired by? I was inspired by seeing him on television. Mm. And him being a bass player and like being the leader. Yeah. Um. At that time, not so much a sound because I was still chasing my own sound. And I, I was just, gonna say. So when you you so you figured out what a producer was. When did you figure out what a musical director was, or that you could even you were even capable of? Yeah. Being in that so position? that's a good question. Two separate questions, but that's a good Sorry. question too. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, so early on. You know, if, if 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 I really think about it, my dad was the first musical director I saw, even though he was working for himself. Mm-hmm. And he was a one-man band, but it was like he was the one curating his own set list. Right. He was making the transitions himself because, you know, as like a wedding band guy, it's like you don't want to stop. Exactly. You know what I mean? So I think about it like that. Didn't really know what it was called. I still don't think he would call himself at that time an MD or anything. But just looking at the evolution of what I do now and how it cultivates. Mm -hmm. Then seeing Amir um, 
call out tunes to the roots while they're playing one song. He's like, yo, we're going to go to, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Next movement, next. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or whatever. And I'm like, oh, okay, he's making it up in his head. Not right. making it up, but he's curating this set Absolutely. list, almost like a DJ or almost like a, you know, a table of contents for a, mm-hmm. for a show. Um, and then I got into that. But one of the things that people kind of hired me for and continue mm-hmm. to hire me for i did this for a long time is that i want the artist to be supported properly yeah. therefore i would volunteer to hire musicians and get the singers and maybe mm-hmm. rehearse the singers and stuff like that and at that time 0102 i don't know if i knew that that was md work mm-hmm. i was just like yo we got to be great yeah <laughs> we're going sense. to play at the local <laughs> restaurant i don't care about that mm-hmm. we have to be great right and so people started to trust me mm-hmm uh, trust my judgment, um, trust my personnel, trust the people that I hired and brought in. Um, they also started to learn that I wanted what was best for them as an artist. Absolutely. And as an MD, I think that's the first and only job that you really have. Mm-hmm. There's some young MDs out there, they hit me up all the time and say, Yo, what if an artist don't agree with your chord choice or nothing? Like, we can't combat. You're you're the boss. Yeah. Now it is my job to bring what your vision to life. Absolutely. And infuse, if you ask me, my own creativity musically. But if you're not feeling it, like what would you want to happen? Mm-hmm. And so now it's my job to make it happen. So I've always been on that tip. I don't yeah. want to fight with the artist musically. I don't mm-hmm. want to fight with them creatively. I want them to win because we all win when the artist is sh- is is shining. Absolutely. Um. So I would say. You know, early in Philly, I was doing that at the local five spot Mm -hmm. and just rehearsing on our own and, you know, sometimes even taking my own money, you know, to to get people to record things and stuff like that, just to make sure that the artist was comfortable. And that's kind of how I fell into the MD role by seeing those bits and pieces and elements of different bands and different musicians, Mm -hmm. infusing that into the structure that I wanted to have. Mm -hmm. And then also then executing it on stage and that's Absolutely. the main thing too all the preparation and all that it felt effortless once we were on stage because we were prepared absolutely you know and um that led me to you know sometimes some people being unavailable to lead mm-hmm. um or if i was in a band just as the bass player and the leader had to something else or whatever be like mm-hmm. okay adam's in charge <laughs> you know or they would say yo you in charge if something goes right. wrong da, 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 you know what to they do if the mm-hmm. whatever whatever the programming or the computer or the sound or so whatever you built that trust in people like i had to yeah at that point. for sure and i continue to build trust especially with new artists who mm-hmm. may not know the game as far as the live element mm-hmm. the live aspect so um it's a it's a trust game man being an md you know and being chosen as md specifically is right. a trust game uh last year's super bowl I had to do J-Lo and Shakira. Mm-hmm. So they were two totally different Latina women who were superstars on their own whole fronts. But they trusted me to bring that 14-minute show together for both of them to shine. That's so, awesome. it, you know, that's that's another just example of recent trust that I yeah. had to earn. You know, they didn't care about what I did in 2005. They talking about, <laughs> like, are you going to make this hot now, 2020? Right. You know, so it's about trust, definitely. So it probably and, makes it easier as you go too because as you as you become more seasoned in the game, like I doubt a lot of people are really trying to I would, if it was me, I would be like, Hey, whatever you 
One. Yeah, it don't always happen like that because these people are successful. Yeah, that's true. You know, yeah. these people are successful. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, they, I, I have to be honest, they, they could do it with me or without me. I'm thankful that the Rihannas and the Justins and the, yeah. it would be different if they did it without me. You add that. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> it would be different, but, mm-hmm. you know, they're coming to see J-Lo. Yeah. They're coming true. to see Shakira. They're coming mm-hmm. to see Justin. They're coming to see Rihanna. They ain't coming to see me. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I know that, number one, I know that. Right. And then number two, I want to uplift the artist with mm-hmm. my music and my musical bed and my scoring and my composition so that they continue to trust me and we can work for the rest of our lives, mm-hmm. you know? So, so watching Ricky, you know, I just started seeing him on TV everywhere. And I was like, oh, I could do that. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? I could put a band together, not really knowing how much it entailed for television. Right. And so he inspired me in that way to see a bass player kind of like be in charge for mm-hmm. sure. So as a as an MD and as a bass player, do you find that you don't, do you go to shows still to watch other people's shows? Or do you kind of <laughs> just like stay away when you're not working? <laughs> you know, oh, man. You put me on the spot. <laughs> It depends. I I I like quiet time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Understood. Understood. Um, Now I'm good to show up at a PJ Morton concert. That's fam though. You know, yeah, but he he do something. His music does something to me. And yeah, his daddy is his daddy. So it's like kind of. So you know, I'm good to show up there, or I go see my homies rock with. I didn't do the last Rihanna tour, so it's like I went to see Anti tour. Uh, I went to see Ariana Mm -hmm. and Normani. It's some things that like I I still want to learn and still want to do, and then I like to see what other people are are doing and how they rock especially the successful people mm-hmm. um you know my friends are all around those circles and even if i'm not the md i'm excited that they're thriving and flourishing Absolutely. and i like to see how certain things are run you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying i, I want to see how it sounds like hey maybe i can approach sound differently like this mm-hmm. in a pop way you know i went to see um watch the throne and i mean i know we talking about do we do i still go but like I went to see Watch the Throne, and I was just like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. Um, so things like that inspire me. I still kind of go to shows. Um, you know, yeah. I, I, I think it has to be a special circumstance. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I love artists that a lot of people don't know, so then I'll go to their shows, but it might be at a jazz club. Hey, I'm you know for what that saying? too. Yeah, like I go see Lauren Talese. In Philly, mm-hmm. she's like one of the coldest singers ever. Like I love right. hearing her sing. Yeah, put me on. Yeah, no, I'm, she. I'm, is. I dig. So I she need. She cold, you know. <laughs> and then that. I like to see my homies play. You know, mm-hmm. like Steve McKee and, and 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 like anytime they all rocking and playing. Like I'll, I'll you know I'll try to go support and see that. But as far as like other bigger shows, I think it has to be a special circumstance. Yeah. But I, I do like my quiet time. I do love spending time with my children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How many kids do you have? I have two now. Dope. I have Adam Jr. and Adia, my daughter. She's Aww. six months. Oh, awesome. Um, so I don't, I don't always get to go out past <laughs> 8 o'clock. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. So, uh, and it's like by the time 8 o'clock hits, and even if they're in bed, it's like, well, now I'm tired. I'm yeah, I'm tired. I'm a little tired. But then also, you know, thankfully... I do music for a living, and I have oh, yeah. a lot on my plate at times, multiple things, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So, I don't know, like, sometimes I feel like if I 
go out to a show or something like that, I could be working on my own show. That part. You know, yeah. so that's a catch-22, but I, I love music still. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It, it's, well, that, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, if that's what you do, I get that you have a, still have an appreciation for everybody else in it, but like you said, it still works, so you got to work. Is. That kind of yeah. <laughs> supersedes everything mm-hmm. else. Um, so since this is Tia's top five, yes, I'm gonna put you on the spot real quick. All right, <laughs> who are your top five? Now this could go. Let me know which one's easier. Who are your top five, either musicians in general, or who are your top five bass players? Oh, this is terrible. <laughs> this is all not good. It's great. <laughs> um, I know you got a lot of friends, so yeah, I mean, man. <laughs> I'm going to go with overall musicians. Okay. All right. Ask me again so we can edit. All right. No, we're not (laughs) going to edit. (laughs) No, but who are your top five favorite musicians, instrumentalists? Instrumentalists. So, Jocko Pastorius. Okay. Dead or alive? Let's do alive. Okay. So, then that's that's different. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, you can't take it easy with like, well, yeah, you just, yeah, I was about to say miles, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> alive. This is rough. I know. I, I first of all I just want to say I love everybody. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Okay, so Derek Hodge, mm-hmm. bass player. Um Brian Fraser Moore is a drummer. Okay. Omar Edwards, keyboard player. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dante Winslow, trumpet player. Mm. That's four, right? Yeah, that's four. <laughs> um, and I have to say... All right, this is no particular order, but I have to say James Poyser and Questlove for sure have, like, just mm-hmm. permeated my soul for a very long time. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Um, so that that would be... Whew. But you love everybody. I, he yeah, loves everybody. Yeah, yeah. No, I love everybody. <laughs> it's just that those people, you know, I could hear them. I could listen to them play Yeah. whatever genre, whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like, like really all all day. Yeah. All day. That's awesome. Um, you know, then we get into like, you know, there's another level that I listen to, that I listen to, mm-hmm. you know, on record like the D'Angelo's, Raphael Sadiq. I was going to say Raphael is one yeah, of my. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, and like. Yeah, this is a, it's just a, you know, a different level. I love Gerald Beasley. He's mm-hmm. a bass player from Philadelphia. Um, Have you and Raphael you know, Sadiq ever worked together? Roundabout, but not really. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love Robert Glasper. Mm-hmm. You know, you ever worked with Terrace? I have not worked with Terrace, but I mm-hmm. just texted Terrace the other day because um, he was working with Leon Bridges, who's one of the homies. He was. I saw yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, wow. Terrace, Him and Robert. Yep. In the room. Terrace is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then I think about people like Young Guru. You know, yeah. who's like a producer, programmer, mix engineer. Mm-hmm. Like as a musician, though, he's amazing. 
I didn't know. Um, yeah, he's he's very dope. You know, I think about um, it's just a you know it it goes on. I think about John Petitucci, who's mm-hmm. a who's a uh, famous famous instrumental jazz bass player and play with Chick Corea and all yeah. of that stuff. It's like he's so dope and it's I I don't know I. Top five is rough. Too. Yeah, it's like it's when rough. you're when you're in an industry that's like literally full of musicians. Yeah, you probably work and I, I'm missing so many too. I'm just missing so many. You know, like John Mayer is cold. He's cold, like yeah. for real, for real. He performed uh, them changes with uh, with Thundercat. Yeah, one time I think it was for like the Mac Miller tribute. I I, I played that. Did you? Yeah. Wow. Uh-huh. I watch that all the time. Yeah. Because I'm was, like, wow. That was the origin the band back them up. Really? Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I watch that all the time. And I'm like, man, those two together was like my dream collaboration yeah, <laughs> happening nah, on stage. My favorite song ever. Um, yeah, that was that was it for me. Um, to, to switch gears, have you ever heard of synesthesia? I don't think so. So it's basically when you hear notes or chords and you see color. Oh, yeah. I've been doing that for a long time. I was going to say, do you have, like, because some people don't recognize Well, you know who taught is. me that, or I don't want to say taught, but, like, I learned from them is Jill Scott. Like, oh, dope. Like, she used to explain a feeling to me in color. That's amazing. And I was like, she's like, it's not like burgundy, it's like yellow. Right. And I, I know, instantly I know what that means. Because like, to some people it means different, different things. So, like, when I think of minor chords, I might go, like, a deep purple, orange. You're right. Like, when I hear Stevie Wonder and he goes from major to minor and yeah. how he does his changes, I see these warm colors. But then some people see, like, I asked, ben, do you ever heard of Benny Sings? Yeah. I asked him. He said he sees, like, beige and brown oh. and blue. I was like, huh. I think it depends on the song. It depends so, on the song. I, depend, I think it depends on the sonic palette as well. Is it a 70s record? Right. Is it a 90s record? Like, yeah. you know, but Jill is one of those. What is that called again? Synesth- Synesthesia. Synesthesia, mm-hmm. yeah. Like Jill Scott, you know, who's like super genius, you know, musician, creative, mm-hmm. actor, producer, everything. But she definitely explains a lot of things to me in color. Or she'll, I'll see her. I'll play a chord and she'll like look up in the sky and like we might sit there for 10 minutes. I'll be like, I used to be like, what is going on? Going? But yeah. then like I, I got it. Like she was trying to find where that color mm-hmm. inspiration, the voicing of the chord, like, mm-hmm. you know, so synesthesia. I didn't know that. I always wondered like, is it just color? Do you see shapes? Like when you, when you hear harmonies, when everything. you hear melodies, do you see a shape? Do you yeah. see... I, I, I see it all. Melody makes me have a lot of shape as well mm-hmm. over harmony um, because, like, something can be jagged, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? It could be rough, like, you know, it could, like, not fit a little bit, so it's like a right. circle fitting into a square, uh, you know, a square. Right. And um, and then colors, for sure, you know, for harmony, is like, a, a, a thing. Like, you know, also rhythm, to me, flashes a lot of colors at times, mm. too, so. Okay. Yeah, so it's, yeah, because I pay attention to your transitions a lot. Yeah, I want my stuff there. to sound like where where I where I got all that from. Like for real, for real. In the beginning, was like I wanted to sound like a movie. Yeah, it I is. was like this should sound like Jurassic Park. <laughs> it like, should take you through the emotions of yeah. the of the show. Like it it carries you from one emotion to the next. For sure. But you you mastered that part. I appreciate. Yeah, that. that's the Thank part you. that sticks out. Yeah, and so, that came from a lot of listening to pop music early. That I wanted to incorporate into the hip hop and R and B. Okay. You know what I mean? So like the NSYNCs and listening to like Kevin Antunes and then, you know, 
prints and then trying mm-hmm. to infuse a lot of that and then you know what I mean so um, listening to Jimmy and Terry with Janet and stuff mm-hmm. like that is like listening to a lot of pop music then I was like I want to take that same character that same color and like put it in Kanye you know yeah. what I'm saying yeah. or like put it in Drake or put it in yeah. you know so that's kind of like really the last thing I thought you would say because <laughs> I don't see a lot of I don't see a lot of depth in pop music so when you I think the that, live element of pop though they were like a machine like they never stop you know if you watch right. an NSYNC concert you watch New True. Edition you watch you're just talking about how it's structured yeah the structure yeah. I was kind of like you know even the sounds that they use were super pop sounds mm-hmm. I'm like what if I did that on top of flashing lights yeah you know what I'm saying like what if I did that on like good morning you know mm. what I'm saying? And what if I put those breaks in that they would do a Justin Timberlake dance break? What if I put that in as yay rapping? Right, right. Without the beat. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, you know, that's the kind of thing I was thinking about early. Is there anybody you haven't worked with yet that you would love to work with? Celine Dion. I really love mm-hmm. Celine Dion. Yeah. I want to d- work directly with Usher. Okay. I think he's so good. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, and then there's a new girl that I really like too. Who? Tiana Major Nine. I like Tiana. Yeah, I was just talking about her last. Tiana's cold. Yeah, y'all. she's cold. I, I need to get into her a little bit more and hear her story because I don't know a lot of her backstory. But um, I was speaking with Lucky Day, and he was talking about because yeah. they just worked on a, a uh-huh. song for his project. Um, but he was saying he was like, she's yeah. got she's it. She's the real deal. Yeah, Tiana's cold. She's like a Jasmine, her, mm-hmm. SZA, Snow, like all yeah. of that. All of that yeah, in one person. One, yeah. She has a she has a nice range. She has yeah. an amazing. You know range. what I like too a lot. I like I like Kalani. Mm-hmm. Her music is super ill to me. Yeah. Um I think me and Kalani like live would do some ill stuff. I'm sure she you would know love know to hear saying? that. <laughs> if I heard that and as an artist. Then I my last bucket list was Brandy and so twenty twenty was the first time that I worked with her and we just been inseparable musically. So yeah. you know, if you asked me this this time last year I would have said brandy for sure but i was able to fulfill that dream all of last mm-hmm. year because her schedule opened up a little bit because of the pandemic we right. were able to pre-record some things and she could make oh, it happen yeah. so it's been cool so she did soul train we did this pandora right. thing um i'm a know. fan of camper too uh, dj camper he's cold yeah dj camper is cold yeah, yeah. His, his when i see him even play like yeah, he got it He's he he has one of the he reminds me a lot like Rodney Jerkins is my favorite producer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if a lot of people know that, but for sure. Yeah. And um, Camper reminds me of him as to where he can make a loop feel like a song, and like he does. You know wow. what I'm saying? He and does. Now like, think about it. It's not just a four bar thing. It like literally his loops tell stories, mm-hmm. and it's, that's hard to do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he has a song that he did himself called Grip. Uh-huh. I always listen to, and I, t- I keep telling him, I'm like, I've been listening to this song since it came out, like, I think when the pandemic started, yeah, almost. Yeah, <laughs> on his record, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, so, like, but I didn't realize it was a loop until you just said that. It yeah. literally doesn't change, but it carries the whole way nah, through. You don't even realize. Like, Rodney used to do that, man, with, like, Michael Jackson and Brandy, and mm-hmm. to me, like, all that Rodney Jerkin stuff was, like, you know, cultivated from a loop, but then it just, like... I don't know. It just moved and told a story. So, like, that's that's so ill to me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That, yeah, I never really picked that out, but that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Um, so, to wrap things up, it's called Make Good Music Cool Again. Yes. 
I want to be able to, once again, spotlight the people that are still putting their hard work and their brains and their hearts and their passion into music, right? Because yeah. mm-hmm. you can tell the difference between something thrown together and something that's I agree. It's like it's special. I agree. Um, what do you think that you personally do to make good music cool again? Is that something that's important to you? It is. It is. Um, I want to get the, the kids <laughs> to, <laughs> to realize the importance of performance. Right. You know, I want to get them to realize the importance of connecting with people. I want to get them to realize the importance of elevation from studio to the stage. Absolutely. The pandemic hasn't helped that for us. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of superstar musicians and artists uh, in all genres that have not been on tour last year because right. or not ever done a show or a tour or got on a tour bus, you know what I'm saying? Like Great I think experience. about somebody like Meg Thee Stallion who was so ill and so dope. I don't think she's ever been like on a, a tour mm, of her own, you know what I'm saying? But she's super huge. I think about somebody like the baby mm-hmm. or, you know, Roddy Rich or something like that, where it's like they haven't had that opportunity. So I think making good music cool again is kinda like letting them know you know the stage is also another platform that helps the creative juices flow absolutely you know what i mean some of these some of the artists nowadays get caught in studio rat land which is so <laughs> dope though because they can so. turn out a song i was with aunt clemens yeah. last week <laughs> yo this boy is a machine he yo is. <laughs> he everywhere. was turning out five and six songs like a day wow um and so I can't imagine if he if he and so many other artists of his generation would like do shows like that. Yeah. And like, what if he did like six shows a day? Like, yeah. or he was like, I'm going to go to the Staples Center. Then I'm going to go to House of Blues. Then I'm going to go to No Kid. Like, right. you know what I mean? And that's kind of like what we used to do back in the day. You know jam, what I'm saying? Yeah. Is go jam out. And then those ideas would spiral into songs and spiral into other tours and collaborations mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So... I'm I'm gonna try to hold up the mantle that live music still works. Live yes. music still is a, a big part of our culture. Mm-hmm. You know, live music is an inspiration to people no matter what you might be going through, sad, happy, you know, funny, mad. I like going to shows and feeling the yeah. bass in my chest. Feel like, <laughs> like vibrating in my chest. And then also, you know, as a consumer of music, mm-hmm. you remember where you were when you heard that song. Exactly. You I could turn on anti Rihanna right now and remember that whole year. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I could turn on Full Moon right now from Brandy and remember that whole year. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? I could turn on a Roots record. Remember like yo move to Philly and listen to Roots and Jay Dilla like you I just re- I remember it all. So, you know, that's an experience that only live can give you. Mm-hmm. And so I want to continue to try to make that cool. I will say that I have noticed that like you mentioned Roddy Rich, I saw Rants and basically all of them, they, they did a Tiny Dust. They've been doing that, like the at-home Tiny Dust yeah. concerts. I've been seeing a lot of artists that I would not imagine having live bands use live bands because they have to for Tiny Dust yeah. and for these virtual shows. Mm-hmm. And I, I that is pleasing to see. Um, Very much so. 1500 is killing it out there. And um, they continue as well to hold the mantle up for live music. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I I um, I commend them and and everybody with a band. You know, I just saw Ross had a tiny desk. Yeah, that was ill. I was watching uh, what other tiny? I watched Kirk Jasmine. I watched who? Kirk Franklin. Kirk Franklin, yeah. super ill. 
you know, shout out Sean Martin. Um, I saw Jasmine's Tiny yes. Desk, of course, was super ill. PJ, you know, had the at home Tiny Desk. Like, yes. you know, so many Alicia's Tiny Desk was great. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like platforms like that. It's so interesting that we have to see bigger artists do them for them to be cool. But I think once people get that experience and like Ross now is, and Roddy now and and, and, mm-hmm. and people who may not do live live now are kind of like, yo, that was ill. Yeah, like, let's, gotta let's, keep we got to keep doing it. <laughs> and so like, let's continue to make it cool like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that's really true. So hopefully as it becomes a trend I, like that's one thing about quarantine i do appreciate people have now had to improvise yeah. to create those those situations those outlets now. yeah absolutely um i my one of the next people i want to interview is uh, bobby carter he's the producer of tiny desk okay um and i've been speaking to him a lot recently but i'm like and he's a once again just loves music mm-hmm. so i can appreciate people that are doing it not just for the accolades and for the money but yeah, just yeah, like yeah for the real, love yeah for the, the love. genuine like, love you can tell you mm-hmm. can definitely tell in, in in the production and what they produce but um adam thank you so much thank you for having me T. this is this is amazing i like who would have thought you probably don't think it's a big deal <laughs> but, nah, I'm, I'm excited to be here you know i saw life. your page the layout is cool you yeah. had some amazing content on there and i was like yeah i think this is educational you Absolutely. know what i'm saying so i i, I commend you Thank keep you. doing your thing and uh it's all it's all gonna be great absolutely and i need uh bass recommendations too done, <laughs> done. i need to get that guitar soon. all right cool all right i appreciate it no doubt